Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Going to Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How is everyone doing this Tuesday afternoon? Well, it's pre-afternoon. It's not noon yet. But anyway, today I'm going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 12, entitled Falling in Love Again. This episode aired on December 11th, 1982. Despite the previous night's kiss, Edward and Kate start to feel defensive about their romance. When they both arrange grudge dates to make each other jealous, Ricky schemes to have his father crash Kate's date at Carnegie Hall. This episode has a 7.7 rating out of 10 ratings, based on 21 ratings on IMDb. Oh, we had some trivia here! The show actually had some interesting ties to Fox's 90s hit Beverly Hills 90210 as Christine Belford played Edward's ex-wife Evelyn, while on 90210 she played Steve's mother, Samantha Sanders. John Riley played Kate's date, Danish, but on 90210 he was Kelly's father, Bill Taylor. Plus, reoccurring star Derek played Jason Bateman... Father on the Hogan family was Josh Taylor, who played Dylan's father, Jack, on 90210. Wait, what now? Um, reoccurring star Derek played Jason Bateman's father. What? I don't get Who wrote this trivia? It's clearly not by the IMDb staff, because this ending here. Anyway, I don't care. We do have a soundtrack credit here, Solace, uncredited, written by Scott Joplin. Maybe that's what plays at Carnegie Hall? Well, before I get into the episode today, I posted a trivia question on the Punky Power podcast Facebook page and the Twitter page and the Instagram page. The question I posted, can you tell me why Punky and Cherry are in a cemetery, and what episode this is called? Lily Wheeler on the Facebook page said the anniversary episode, and we had a response on Twitter as well to this question. So Lauren Rodriguez says they're visiting Cherry's parents' graves. That was the question of why are they in a cemetery? It's from season three, the anniversary. That episode makes me cry every time. And it makes me cry too, because let me tell you, hands down, that acting, that crying that Sherry Johnson does breaks my heart into a million pieces. Give that girl an Emmy. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Soleil at Moonfry's acting in the show entirely, but... Cherry Johnson, and that one scene alone out of the entire series run 
brought something to the table that I'm not saying that Soleil can't go there. We just haven't, we never really saw her get there. Sure, there were scenes where she would cry and stuff, but Cherry Johnson just pulled an emotion from probably something deep, deep within herself. And hands down, like I said, that alone is enough. So, all right. Well, like I like to do before I start the official episode, start covering the episode, I like to remind listeners that if you're enjoying the podcast, if you have been for a while, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Every review the podcast gets helps it get noticed by other fans. And, yeah, just go to look up Punky Power or even Silver Spoons should bring up the Punky Power podcast on iTunes. Also, if you're new to the podcast, you can follow along in many different ways. You can follow along on Twitter at Punky Power PB Podcast slash Silver Spoons Podcast. We also have two separate accounts, one for Punky Brewster, one for Silver Spoons on Facebook. The Together We're Going to Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast, Punky Power podcast, and un- or an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. We also have Instagram. We have Silver Spoons podcast and the Punky Power PB podcast. So you can follow along in many ways. Each week I like to do a little trivia question so I can give you offer you guys a shout out on the podcast. If you guys would like to reach out to me personally and talk about your memories of Silver Spoons or Punky Brewster, you can do so at you can email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com or silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, you can follow along at uh Punky Power PB Podcast slash Silver Spoons Podcast. All right. That being said, let's jump into this episode. Right now, we are currently in November. It is the month of November, and I am doing two episodes a week right now, and then it will go back in December to one episode a week. I do plan to re-upload the Christmas episodes of Punky Brewster, so that way you guys don't gotta search high and low for them on iTunes. They'll be right there for you to settle in and enjoy, you know, while you're decorating your Christmas tree or, or writing out your Christmas cards. This podcast is... A clean podcast. It is for everybody to listen to. It's safe to listen to you with your children. So, yeah. All right, guys. Without further ado, let's find out the aftermath of the kiss between Kate and Edward. Because I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. They didn't kiss just once. They kissed twice. Also, before I forget, we I did get a new like on the Punky Power podcast page, Facebook page. So shout out to Marion Tanzillo. Thank you so much for liking the page. I hope you like the podcast as well. All right. All right. So the episode opens. We are in the entryway of the Stratton household. So we're right by the door. And as soon as we come out of the intro, doorbell is already ringing. 
We do see on a table near the door that Ricky's got his, it's like a thermal vest, like one of those insulated kind, you know, like Marty McFly wore in um, Back to the Future. So clearly that's laid there so the actor can pick it up and put it on himself. So Ricky actually opens the door and it's Derek. And Derek says, oh, I fixed your lawnmower. <laughs> and Ricky's like, oh, I didn't know it was broken. And Derek's like, oh, well, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, until I ran over your paper. Why would a newspaper clog up a lawnmower? It's just paper. It's not like a softball or something. And I love how Ricky gets him back with a zinger. Like, oh, Derek, I know what they'll write on your tom tombstone. Derek, here lies Derek Taylor by popular demand. <laughs> oh, Ricky, you know how to get him back. Hey, Derek. Listen, I uh, fixed your lawnmower for you. Thanks, but I didn't know it was broken. Oh, well, it was until I accidentally ran over your morning paper. <laughs> Stone. Here lies Derek Taylor, by popular demand. <laughs> so, why are you so early? I wanted to see how it went last night with your old man and Kate. Like great, huh? The mood was just right. We arranged a nice meal for them, a strong violinist. Before I could ask if they wanted any bacon bits in their salad, they were kissing. Was it French style? <laughs> Damn it! I mean the salad dressing. <laughs> No, and be quiet. You want to wake up your old man? And Kate? She's not here. I thought you said it went well. <laughs> it did. I helped him take the first step. Now I just hope it works out. Well, you gotta make sure it works out. You can't just hope. What are you talking about? Rick, you gotta make things happen. For instance, um, well, I got myself this new watch. I didn't just sit around and hope I'd get it. I went out, sold something, and bought it. <laughs> What'd you sell? Magazines, greeting cards? You remember that tennis racket you let me borrow? <laughs> Derek, you're a cold sore in the lip of light. Relax, will ya? I told my mom to get me a tennis racket for Christmas, and when I get it, I'll just give it to you. Fine. When you get the tennis racket, I'll give you back your wristwatch. <laughs> Time for school. So this is kind of interesting. I noticed, you know, Ricky likes to wear a lot of sweaters with, like, a collared shirt underneath. But the thing that I noticed, because he does this all the time, um, but the thing I noticed on the sweater is it's monogrammed. It says RSS. So I know the uh, one of the S's stands for... Stratton, the first, the R stands for Richard. What is his middle name? Okay, so I noticed that, um, that thermal vest is still sitting there, so you must eventually put that in. But anyway, uh, he asked Derek, you know, why are you here so early? And Derek says, well, I wanted to see how it went with your old man and Kate, because, you know, he knows that, you know, Ricky set them up a nice dinner and everything. Ricky probably thought of this whole plan and ran it by Derek first, I'm sure. 
So Ricky kind of says, you know, I set them up a nice dinner. The mood was right. The music, everything. And then before I could ask them if they wanted bacon bits in their salad, they were kissing. And Derek looks at Ricky like, was it French style? And he almost kind of sticks out his tongue a little bit. Like, whoa, I know that this is 1982 and I guess you could get away with stuff. But it goes even farther than that. With, um, he's like, hey, you don't want to wake up your old man. Oh, I mean, something about him with Kate. And Ricky's like, well, Kate isn't here. It's like, because he, Derek's like, I thought you said it went well. It's like, they're not in sleep together, son. What, boy, what are you, oh, man. She's not like that. This is still technically, it's just, it, yes, it is a sitcom, but it's, it's, I would call, would you call it a family-ish sitcom? Maybe? Derek, you got a dirty mind, young man. <laughs> it's like, ooh, did they sleep together? Like, no. Of course, when uh, Derek says, uh, was it French style, like, the, the kiss he, like, played off, like, oh, I meant the dressing, the salad dressing. Like, you did not. You did not. So Ricky's like, it did go well. I helped my dad take the first step. Now it's kind of up to them to kind of see what happens next. Like, yeah, it's up to them. They got to address that kiss that they had. Two kisses, in fact. So Derek kind of tells Ricky, it's like, you got to make sure. You can't just hope that, the, you know, things work out for them. He, he doesn't need to put a hand in this anymore, Derek. This is now up to the adults. But Derek's like, see, like this wristwatch wrist I got here? I sold something and I got it. I didn't just hope I'd get it. I sold something and I got it. And Ricky's like, what'd you sell? Like, uh, what the heck? Like, greeting cards or something like that? And Derek's like, no, uh, tennis racket, since you let me borrow yours. And I was like, oh, th yeah, this is just like him. He would do something like that. Borrow something from a friend and sell it to get a wristwatch, which it's not really a great wristwatch. It is one of those Velcro-type wristwatches. And Derek says, relax. I asked my mom for a tennis racket for Christmas. When I get it, you'll get your, you'll get your tennis racket back. So I love what Ricky does here. Paul's up Derek's coat sleeve, takes the wristwatch off, puts it in his pocket, says, all right, fine, when you get your tennis racket, you, when you give that to me, I'll give you back your watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, time for school. So Ricky's got the thermal jacket on now, and I'm just thinking, he's got a sweater underneath. This is now December, and they are in Long Island in New York. It's a sweat. Well, I'm gonna think it. He. I don't think they take. Do they take the bus? Does he have a personal driver, or was that just for the first day of school? So the door opens and in walks Mary Poppins. <laughs> no, it's Kate. But I like the hat. I like Mary Poppins. <laughs> she looks like she is dressed like Mary Poppins, almost. With but it's mainly the hat. But then she's got like one of those. Uh, it's not a shawl. It's like something you could stick your head through and this kind of hangs over your your clothes. I don't know what the official 
term is for it, though. Good morning. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. See your eyes? They're sparkling. So? So that means she's in love. Check it out. Ricky mentions about Kate's eyes. Like, look, they're sparkling. It means she's in love. And they both, like, go up to her to, like, really look into her eyes. Because she's, like, hanging up her coat. And as soon as she turns around, they're, like, right there in her personal space. She's like, oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can... So, but they leave. They're like, bye, Kate. Bye, Kate. Derek is just so in love with Kate. It's really gross. I don't like it. He's a skeevy little boy. The fact that he's even asked, like, oh, did they French kiss? Oh, did she sleep with your dad? Like, what? He is too up on being too personal. Hello, Edward. Hi, Kate. these from the from the greenhouse oh you're beautiful <laughs> kate <clears throat> kate i've been thinking and my feeling is that uh now that we have a personal relationship that we shouldn't let it interfere with our business relationship oh good that's just what i was thinking <laughs> So, Kate comes into the room, sets her stuff down on the desk as we see Edward on his train. We get this a lot. Joel Higgins is riding this train as he comes into the scene because you see him pass the windows and then come into uh, the main room, the living room, I guess if you want to call it that. And he's got some red roses. Like, I think there might be a dozen there. There's got to be a dozen there. There's definitely more than six. And this is kind of a cute romantic, semi-romantic atmosphere because he's standing there. He's got his uh, sleeveless uh, thermal jacket on. He's got a red scarf. He's got the flowers. He and Kate are looking at each other. They're just too totally in love and the exhaust or the smoke from that train is kind of blowing up almost making it look like one of those old black and white romantic films where the guy and the girl like the guy's like leaving and the girl they're saying goodbye at the train station you get all that smoke and everything building up it's it's cute so they kiss and it this kiss is just funny it's like when Edward breaks away, he has this weird expression on his face, like, he doesn't know, like, he's definitely into the kiss, but it's almost like he's semi-conflicted 
about being that, yes, they work together and everything. Like, I really like this, but maybe I'm not supposed to. But Kate is, like, all in it. Like, this is so romantic. I, I love this. And you just take my breath away and everything. Apparently, they uh, he has a greenhouse on his property because that's where he got the flowers from. So after he gives her the flowers, he says, you know, I have been thinking, and I think that now that we have a personal relationship, we really should not let it interfere with our business relationship. That was probably the whole thing. And, both, and her even, it's like, yeah, I work for him. I really, the idea of a personal relationship, that's what they say the whole thing, don't mix business with pleasure and everything like that. That's a really dicey area. But he just wants, you know, I'm sure he would love to, you know, have a relationship with Kate, but he just doesn't want that to interfere with their work. Which, as you can hear, that it kind of does when he's like, okay, let's get down to business. Kate, please take a letter to the fire department thanking them, you know, for my donation t for the, the letter. But I think it was his donation to the fire department. Or something to that effect and she's not writing everything down as he's talking and then he turns to like kate you're not writing anything and she's like oh i was just looking at your nose it's just so perfect and everything and edward makes a joke about how oh yeah when i was growing up kids used to like make fun of my nose and she's like well it's absolutely beautiful and he's looking at, like, oh, yeah, your nose, he says, your nose is very nice, too. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, and your eyes. Kate, I could get lost in those eyes. And it's just, they're getting, you know, that's the thing with, with, fir with first love and, and you're in a relationship for the first time. Everything is new and amazing. And you do take risks sometimes because... You're in love. It's an amazing feeling. But Edward, you know, Edward is trying to catch it. Like, okay, okay, no, we have to focus. We have to focus. So he has her go through his schedule. And, you know, he's got a, um, uh, I think it's like a meeting or something. And then a dentist appointment. And then we get to the thing that's going to be an issue. He has a dinner meeting date thing with a woman named Iris and Kate immediately rears her jealousy head. Dang. Eh, Kate can't get enough of what she said. It's angular and his, his nose and it's got flair and it's got character. Wow. You are just loving, loving every, every bit of that man. <laughs> Oh, so it's a meeting with the board of directors for his toy company. Because, you know, he owns a toy company. So he doesn't get to just hang around his house and just play with the toys all day. He does have to actually work. And if you have a toy company, of course, you got to be there to go to those boring meetings. He's having dinner with Iris McDermott. And the way that Kate is immediately irritated she clenches her teeth it's like we just kissed last night and everything like that i thought there was something there and edward of course explains well i made that dinner over a week ago edward 
Sarah right away catches on to the fact that she is seething with jealousy. And she is really, really trying here to be as professional as she possibly can without letting the jealousy, you know, see through that. But Edward, he's not even, he's working on, you know, his train there and shutting off the valves. And he's just, he's hearing this. And he can sense, like, yeah, there's some hostility in her words. He revels in this as he gets up, walks over to her, and he's got this grin on his face, like, oh, it bothers you that I have a date tonight, doesn't it? And she looks at him, like, no, it doesn't bother me. I said, oh, make the damn reservation. Like, whoa, girly. <laughs> you are, you're not hiding your jealousy. <laughs> okay, I think this actually is filmed in front of a live studio audience, because the minute she says, I, I said, I'll make the damn reservation, the audience, somebody in the audience is like, whoa. <laughs> so this is when Edward just kind of looks at her surprised, like, whoa, um, Kate, I made this reservation over a week ago. Would you rather I cancel it? And she, yeah, she does bring it, well, I figured what happened last night, and not to mention 30 seconds ago when we just kissed again. Like, I thought that meant something. You know, she she tells him, I thought, you know, you had certain feelings towards me. And he looks at her, and he's like, well, Kate, I, I do have feelings for you, but I just don't think we should go too fast. So she finally is like, fine, you know what? There's no reason to cancel the date. You'll go out with other women. I'll go out with other men. And he looks at her like, well, yeah, of course you'll go out with other men. And then he stops, and he really thinks about that. And he's like, what other men? It's like, okay, Edward, you're going to go out on dates. and You already said you don't want to move this relationship too fast. And and that you'll go on dates with women. And, and, and Kate is free to go on dates with other men. See, this is where all of a sudden it's like they jumped. In, the moment of everything, the music and everything, the dinner, the romantic talk. And they kissed. They kissed twice. They kissed again. They were caught up in the moment, and it's like, in the back of their mind, you know, they're probably thinking, how is this really going to work? Because we work together. I work for him. And he's like, well, she works for me. You know, just, it is a, like I said, it's a dicey deal. I mean, when Jeremy and I first got together, we were working together. So he, he wasn't really, he wasn't my boss, but he was kind of, you know, I was the lowly crew member. He was the assistant manager. And even that was like, it wasn't said outright that you can't date the assistant manager or he can't date one of his employees. There wasn't nothing about that. It's, just, it's the fact that, you know, this was new for both of us. And we really had to take that into consideration. I mean... You know, we were holding hands and this and that. And, um, you know, I was hanging out, you know, on when he was on his break. And eventually our manager said, hey, you guys got to kind of cool it as far as when you're here on the clock. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's totally different from what Edward and Kate are going through. Because he hired her to work for him as a secretary. So, yeah. That's why 
I've heard, you know, many people say it's like, don't get involved with people you work with because if it doesn't work out, things are going to get really, really uncomfortable. And one or more of you will probably want to leave the job to get away from the person if you part on bad terms. So when Edward says, well, what other men? Kate just looks at him like, you know what? Why don't we just not let this interfere with our business relationship and move move on from this? I'll set the date up. I figure I've seen Iris. I figure a trough will, will do. <laughs> She's like, yeah, he's basically calling this woman a, a, a heifer or something like that. Do we see Iris in this episode? I'm going to look that up. Okay, so we do not meet Iris, but we do meet this Bob Danish guy that I believe does make another appearance maybe later on this season. And possibly a Scotty Gladstone. I don't know who that is. So, in all her seething rage, she's really trying to keep a positive front here and not be jealous. As she's like, alright, well where do you want to eat? Or, no, what time do you want to eat? And he looks at her and he's like, 7.30. And she's like, well, where do you want to go? And he's like, I don't know. Can you recommend something? And she just looked at him like, well, I'm sure a tr I've seen Iris. I'm sure a trough will do. Like, oh, jeez. So I'm going to play this whole exchange. Okay. Uh, Kate, um, I'd like you to take a letter. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> oh. Harbor Fire Department. Uh, attention, Chief Jonathan Wilkes. Uh, dear Chief Wilkes, in response to your request for a donation in order that the department may have some new ladders, I would be happy to... <laughs> you're not writing my ladder letter. I'm sorry. I was just noticing your nose. What's the matter with you? Oh, nothing, nothing. It's just so perfect. Really? <laughs> Gee, when I was a kid, everybody used to call me Hooterhead. They should see your hooter now. It's got depth, angularity, flair, character. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you got a pretty nice schnoz yourself. <laughs> your eyes. Oh, Kate. I could get lost in your eyes forever. We didn't have so much work to do, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Work. <clears throat> oh, listen, listen, Kate. Let's do the latter letter later. Uh, what else is on my schedule? You've got a meeting of the board of directors of your toy company at 1130. Uh-huh. Did you type up my notes? They're on your desk. Oh, good. Then you've got an appointment with your dentist at 2 o'clock, and you're having dinner with Iris McDermott. Uh, would you like me to make the reservation? Bothers you that I have a date tonight, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me. I said I'd make the damn reservation. Oh, oh. <laughs> Look, Kate, I made this date a week ago. Would you rather I cancel it? Well, I just figured that what happened last night and... 30 seconds ago that you had certain feelings towards me. Well, Kate, I do, but I don't think we should go too fast here. In that case, there's no reason to cancel this date, is there? You'll go out with other women and I'll go out with other
Well, of course you go out with other men. You should go out with other men. I want you to go out with other men. What other men? <laughs> Edward, let's just change the subject. We don't want this to interfere with our business relationship, right? Perfect. You bet. <laughs> okay. What time do you want to have dinner with Iris? 7.30. You got it. And where do you want to eat? I, I don't know. What do you suggest? Well, I've seen Iris. Any trough will do. <laughs> that was a cheap shot, Kate. So after Kate makes a comment about Iris and the trough, Edward just looks at her like, oh, that's real nice, Kate, as he turns and goes into his office. Like, you guys need to put a little bit of space behind between you. And Kate, you need to calm the heck down. Because you are skating on thin ice. If you can't handle this, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I honestly feel going forward during this season, we are going to get a lot of back and forth between Ad uh, uh, Edward and Kate on their relationship. Trying to define their relationship, what it is. They're going to go out with other people and stuff like that. Like this episode said, they're going to go out with other people to make each other jealous. A grudge date. Which apparently is going to work, because that's when Edward will profess his love to Kate during the Carnegie Hall thing towards the end of the episode. And it's from there, it's like you got to wonder what is going to be... Like, come on now. This, this back and forth stuff, it seems like it's going to go on for a little bit. But I hope it doesn't. It's like, come on, just... Work it out. They're meant to be together. So Edward goes in his office. We hear the doorbell ring. I didn't know that that door opener could pick up that kind of range from the desk there. I thought, because normally it's on that table that's near, like, maybe 10 feet from the door. So that's really... And the way that Kate grabs that clicker and just, like opens it like and just she's pouring all her frustration and irritation into that click <clears throat> like don't break it now <laughs> all right leonard's back great maybe he'll talk sense into kate hi kate listen i have four concert tickets for tonight but i'm going out of town can you use them leonard i don't wear my heart on my sleeve oh well, I don't wear my spleen or my raincoat. What the hell are you talking about? Edward and I had a date last night. Oh, uh, and it didn't go very well. It was one of the best evenings of my life. No wonder you're upset. Uh, Kate, if I have to see Edward, are you going to yell at me? Oh, Leonard, I'm sorry. Uh, Edward and I have a small problem, but we'll work it out without it affecting our relationship. Mr. Stratton is in the library. <laughs> All right, so Leonard comes in. Oh, so this is how they get the um, the tickets to the, uh, the Carnegie Hall thing, because he's got four tickets. And... He says that he's going to be, like, out of town or something's going on and he can't use them. So that must be how. Okay. 
So Kate is upset, and she says to, when Leonard mentions that about the tickets, like I can't use them, she's like, Edward, um, Leonard, I don't wear my heart on my sleeve. And she mentions how, um, I think you kind of do, Kate, to be honest. That's me saying that. There's nothing wrong with wearing your heart on your sleeve. It's just you open yourself up to being very vulnerable and easily hurt. Um, she mentions to Leonard how Edward and she had a date the previous night and how it was just the greatest moment of her life and everything, but now it's just their... Kind of on opposite ends. Well, <laughs> Leonard makes a joke like, oh, I take it it didn't go well, the dinner. And she's like, it was the best, one of the best evenings of my life. And he's like, well, no wonder you're upset. So he's like, well, if I go ask to see Edward, would you, like, rip my head off? And she's like, oh, well, no, I'm not going to let this affect my business relationship. Mr. Stratton is in his office. So now we're going to see how Edward is dealing with this whole thing. Because we don't see this Iris girl. I checked and I, I don't know. Unless he goes to it, the date, like, of course, it's going to be off screen. We don't see this woman. right to the chase like what's going on with you and Kate Edward right now you're on a last name basis and Edward kind of puts his arm around Leonard's shoulder says hey you're my lawyer and my oldest friend so I feel I can tell you to butt out so poor Leonard's like yeah I'm really enjoying my visit here today so Edward's like uh, you know I'm, I'm sorry but this contraption guys you can't see it but I want to talk about it 
this is the wave of the future. I think they have things like this nowadays. And this here is back in 1982. Edward's got, like, his version of a flat-screen TV, but it's one of those that's connected to something. But anyway, it's, like, kind of got a stand. But anyway, what I'm saying is he's got, like, a bike thing hooked up to the TV, and he's got, like, um... You know how there's, like, the for treadmills and stuff like that, there's, like, uh, virtual walking, like, videos on YouTube and stuff like that? That's like this, only it's with the bike attached. And I'm kind of wondering, we don't get to see what these two machines that are, like, on, like, a table, like, right in between the... TV and the, I think it's a, one of those bike things, because you have to pedal it, and I think one of them's got to be connecting it, but the other one I thought is, like, I thought it had paper in it, so it would, like, give a readout of, like, your heart rate, uh, the distance, the calorie that you're burning off, and stuff like that. But I don't see anything really lit up on this thing. I'll have to wait and see if when... Because Edward says, Leonard, get on this thing. And this is the coolest thing. So did he make this? Or he had someone design this? This is a wave of the future. No wonder he's a millionaire. So Leonard's on the thing and he starts to pedal. And that thing the display is like not lit up either so it's clearly it's just for a, a visual gag here um but this is just so freaking cool it's just like someone who's like walking or something like that and you're just or like riding a bike or whatever and when, when um edward gets on it it's a roller coaster and this is like so cool so Leonard kind of wants to know, like, what is going on between you and Kate? And Edward just says that I don't want to mix business with pleasure. So now we get a little insight into Edward's past relationships since his ex his ex-wife. So he says, like, ever since you and Evelyn got divorced, you haven't let any of your relationships that you've had get serious. And Edward asked Leonard for an example... And Leonard lists, like, six to eight different women. Like, my goodness. And I like how Le Leonard's rooting. I'm rooting for Kate and Edward. And he says, you know, you and Kate would make a really good couple. Like, business relationship, the fact that she works for you, be damned. There is, seriously, just... Work it out. It'll work out. You guys are good together. They compliment each other, you know? So, Leonard brings up a good point about how, like, when Edward starts caring about somebody, he uses an excuse to extinguish the relationship, which he's guarding his heart, basically. You know, he was only married for a week. He fell hard for... Evelyn, and then they realized they really didn't have anything in common, and they both departed on mutual terms, but the fact that I don't think that he wants to give his heart away and be hurt again, so. So I think it's funny how Leonard, like, 
refers to his and Edward's relationship about how, you know, they have a personal relationship. They also work together. But they're buddies and stuff. Even though uh, Leonard says we've never let our personal relationship get in the way of our business relationship. But that's different. You guys aren't romantically involved. He and Kate kind of are slowly making their way to that. So now we kind of get away from that, and now we're moving to back out of the office into the living area where Kate is ringing up Mr. Danish. So she calls up Bob Danish, and he's surprised to hear from her. She mentions she's got some tickets to Carnegie Hall to see Madame something or other playing Chopin. And he agrees to the date with her, and this is just as Ricky walks into the door. How is he going to handle this? The fact that she's now got a date with someone who isn't his father. Oh, she even adds, like, oh, so we'll have dinner, we'll go to the concert, and then after. <laughs> yeah. She calls, she's laughing and calls Bob a naughty boy. So she gets off the phone with Bob, and Ricky is P.O.'d. He set up this whole thing with his dad and Kate, and now he hears her on the phone setting up a date. With herself with another guy. He is it. Hi, Ricky. Are you nuts? <laughs> Richard, when you speak to me, I would like you to show some respect. I'm sorry. Are you nuts, ma'am? <laughs> uh, Ricky, were you eavesdropping just then? <laughs> you bet I was. How come you're going out with somebody who isn't my father? I thought you had a good time last night. Richard, when you speak to me, I would like you to treat me with some respect. And he's like, I'm sorry, Kate. And he's like, are you nuts? Ma'am. <laughs> and he's like, what happened to the, you know, after that dinner? Things just look great between you and my dad. Why are you dating? Why are you going out on a date with someone who's not my father? And she basically explains that she and Edward are planning on Dating other people. They've, agree, you know, kind of agreed to that. And she looks like she is near tears. And she does, like, start crying and breaking down. And she rushes out of the house. Alright, Ricky, how about you go scream at your father? Because I think that's a big indication there as to, um, talk some sense into him is more like it. Oh, he's wearing... <laughs> Ricky's wearing that watch. Well, may as well, since uh, Derek had sold his 
tennis racket for, so technically it should be Ricky's. So, all right, Ricky is thinking probably now, I gotta work some magic again, because something is not, this isn't right. Like, they deserve to be together. They need to be together. I'm sure Kate in her heart feels that way, but Edward's got to get over his unable to um, let his heart open up. He's got to open his heart up. Maybe be a little vulnerable, but love, you got to let love in for it to happen. So after Kate leaves, Ricky goes and sits down at the desk and sees the two tickets. I thought Leonard gave her four. He said I have four tickets. So now we get to Vladimir Lebowskitz. That's a Z. Plays Chopin. And now that's music underneath that. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rick, you got me here. Now, why this big sudden interest in Chopin? Uh, well, uh, during gym class today, so some of us guys were shooting some free throws, and we got to talking about great piano composers. <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, sure. We just talked about the same stuff. Girls, cars, parties, great piano composers. <laughs> Man talk. Right. Yeah. I knew you wouldn't want your only son to be culturally deprived. Well, gosh, no. Come on, Rick. Out with it. All right, you got me. The truth is, is I found that you and Kate were having some problems, and I didn't want you to be... Ah, 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 I get it. You know that Kate's on my mind, and you wanted me to go out with you so you could cheer me up. Is that it? Well, yeah, but... You slide dog. Here, I thought you were trying to pull a fast one. You're just trying to cheer up your old man. Well. Well. What a great kid. Edward. Uh, is this a coincidence or what? What? So Edward has every right to be suspicious as he asked Ricky, like, why are we here at Carnegie Hall? And Ricky plays this guilt trip, like, oh, you don't want me to be culturally deprived, do you? And he's saying about how he and his friends were shooting, like, free f throws in gym class, and they're all talking about, you know, this and that, and, you know, the cultural arts, music, Chopin... It's like, I, and also I saw how Ricky was going to throw an airplane because they're sitting up in one of the, uh, like, I don't know what it's called. It's not like the box seats, but it's way up there where you're getting an overview of like everything. So it turns out Ricky levels with Edward. He's like, well, I just, I saw you were having issues with Kate and... Edward just says, oh, you mean, yeah, you just wanted to cheer up your old man. Well, that was nice of you, son. You didn't have to go through all this trouble. So they're standing there, and who walks in but Kate and Mr. Bob Danish. Yeah, awkward. 
And Ricky's like, oh, is this a coincidence or what? And Edward just kind of looks over and glares at Ricky. He's like, yeah, or what? This is going to be awkward. Ricky, I, I do not like this Bob Danish guy. He is a total tool. He is... Blech. Edward introduces himself. And he's like, I'm Edward. And right off, Bob calls him Eddie. And then he keeps calling Ricky Scooter. And then, apparently, I don't understand this. Well... Ricky's like, oh, Pan Am, you mean, you know, that airline, and no, uh, uh, Bob is like, no, it's Pam and Ann, like, what? And hands Ricky his business card. This guy is so full of himself, it's absolutely disgusting. Kate, you couldn't have found someone else? Because this guy is getting right in Edward's craw. Um, Bob mentions how he's got to fly hammers down to Tahiti, ask Kate, like, you want to go with me? I'm sure your old boss here won't mind, he'll let you have a day off or something. And he turns to Edward, kind of leaning back, because Edward's, like, direct, seated directly behind him. He's like, hey, you're not a slave, are you? It's like, guy, oh, Edward's like, you wouldn't have to have one of those hammers on you now. And luckily the show starts, because I can't even imagine what Bob Danish would say. 
Kate is just sitting there like, oh, God. Because she was surprised, like, Ricky and Edward, what are you doing here? And Ricky mentioned, or Edward says, well, Ricky wanted to come see some classical music. So, yeah, she looks at, she knows that Ricky set this up. And now Edward knows it, too. I'm going to play this clip. We get a lot of inner monologue here. And this guy is, like I said, he's a tool. He's pure garbage. He's disgusting. And we hear just how disgusting from his inner monologue. Or is Rear Ren's asleep? 
to sleep. I know what. I'll get some circulation going and massage your neck. Chicks love that. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> this is what I get for going out on a grudge date. I know what I want to do. I want to commit to Kate. I want to be with her and only her. And I want her only to be with me. I got to tell her that right now. I can't tell her now. We're in Carnegie Hall. For God's sake. <laughs> if I don't tell her now, I'll never tell her. Okay, so I'll never tell her. Kate, I need to be committed. So yes, that was a very mm, that was a very long clip, and this guy, this Bob Danish guy, ugh, I just feel bad for Edward, who's just kind of ruminating with his thoughts about you know how he feels for Kate. He doesn't really want to you know run away and everything like that, and that he has trouble with you know wanting to commit. And Ricky's just kind of watching his dad through all of this and just the emotions that are crossing his dad's face. And he's, uh, was mentions about the classical, the Leibowitz guy and how he should be, uh, what do you say? Loose roots or something? But, oh, this, or how it would, the, a drum solo or something, her having a drummer or drums would really liven up the performance. I swear I've heard that music before. Was it from the movie Unfaithful? Because that's what it sounded like, that instrumental piece. Kate, of course, is sitting there and she's like, why did I agree to go on this date? I can do so much better than this guy. And that's probably what Edward is thinking. And it's just finally Edward's had enough. He's thought about it, and he jumps up, he's like, Kate, I need to be committed! Yeah, how does that sound? I need to be committed. And you're shouting this in Carnegie Hall. And of course, Edward gets up and apologizes to the audience down below. Can they really hear you? I mean, he did scream that. I love also how Edward in his mind is saying that he wants to be with Kate and only Kate. And... Oh, you know, that they can make it work. And I believe that they can. I really, really do. So let's find out the aftermath. Is Edward going to profess his love to Kate and get this Bob Danish guy the heck out of here? I can't believe we actually had to see this guy again. Ugh. Buddy, I'm sorry for the interruption, but I got something on my mind and I'm going to say it. Well, hurry it up! What's up? <laughs> This is a pretty terrific lady here, and I want to be with her, and only her. Edward, I, I don't think... Uh, you do? Yes, I do, Kate, and I don't care if the whole world hears about it. I don't think I was ever really alive until I met you. <laughs> and you know something? I would have never known it either if my son hadn't tricked me into coming here tonight. Come on down here, Rick. <laughs> Kate, I've been a fool. 
this relationship, wherever it leads. Oh, Edward, I, I do too. <sighs> Like trying, like grabbing Edward's arm, like dude, you're making a scene here. <laughs> People are all shushing him from down below. <laughs> so Edward says, "I have something on my mind and I'm gonna say it." And we hear this, "Well, hurry it up, won't you?" That's gotta be the classical guy, the guy who's on stage, because <laughs> Edward does apologize to him, like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." So he pulls Kate out of her seat and says, almost addressing to the audience, this is a pretty terrific lady here, and I want to be with her and only her. And Kate is just this look of surprise and awe that Edward is confessing this to her, that he does have feelings for you, Kate. And I'm just so happy for him. And I'm happy he finally... Even though, you know, he's, he was scared to commit, he does not want to lose Kate. Not to this bozo, this Bob Danish guy, definitely. Well, at first Kate is like, Edward, I don't think. And then she hears what he had said. Like, oh, you do. You don't want to be with anyone else but me. And Edward says, I don't care who hears it. But I don't think that I was ever alive until I met you. And that's the sweetest thing in the world. Oh. And the audience awes! <laughs> and of course, Edward brings up the fact that his son Ricky, if it weren't for Ricky bringing him here tonight, that he'd be able to do this. And he calls to Ricky, like, Ricky, come on down here, son, and wave to the audience. And Ricky is, like, really uncomfortable. And he's kind of rolling his eyes, like, oh, Dad, you're making a spectacle of yourself. So, Edward tells Kate, I've been a fool and I want to go with this relationship wherever it leads. Oh, Now they gotta iron out the fine details. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. And she looks at him and she's like, oh, Edward, I, I do too. She's, she's, she's nervous. You can hear it in her voice. She's choked up. It's like, oh... <laughs> I mean, think about that. Somebody professes their love, someone that you've known for a long time and you have feelings for and you kissed the night before and you kissed that day and he finally admits what he's feeling in his heart. I mean, that's such an amazing feeling to hear someone profess their love to you and, and mean it and everything. Their heart is on the sleeve. And they kiss. Oh, and we get a um, the credits come up, and everyone, the audience is clapping for them. Not just the audience, the TV audience, but the audience in the um down below. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I understand. Let's go. Uh, by the way, does this mean our trip to Tahiti is off? What, what a jerk. jerk. <laughs> So 
So, of course, Mr. Bob Danish pops up again out of his chair, and he's like, oh, does this mean our, hey, it's cool, but does this mean our trip to Tahiti is off? And everyone's thinking, what a jerk. Like, dude, don't interrupt the romantic moment. So that is the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it like I did. I've been waiting for this little, just for this to, to happen, because I knew it would. But I'm really rooting for them. Alright, well, for my rating for this episode, I'm going to go with... I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Toy train, or not toy trains, just trains. I really liked when Edward got off that train and gave her the roses and they kissed and everything. Um, also, I do like that Kate did get jealous of Edward, the idea of her, him going on a date with another lady. I like that Ricky took those two tickets and kind of sprung that on Edward to surprise Kate and her date there. And Edward confessing his love to Kate finally and opening up his heart and the audience just applauding them as they kiss. And of course I took one off for that disgusting Bob Danish. Did not like that man. Gross, gross, gross. He is a pig. Um, we can also uh, shove Derek into that last slot alongside Bob Danish as the whole asking about Ricky if his dad and Kate French kissed and whether they woke up together. Like, what in the what? Derek, you gotta find a hobby. You're, I know he's a pre, he's an adolescent boy, but gross. You don't need to be, like, thinking about your friend's, like, dad and possible future girlfriend making out or Whatever, that's just Derek, your weirdo. He leaves next season, so we'll get Alfonso in season three. So I'm looking forward to Alfonso. Because Alfonso, I mean, Derek, I cannot think of any good qualities for him. But I'm happy that Jason Bateman has the career that he has. Um, As far as a silver spoonful for this episode, I'm just going to go with... Let me think. Sometimes you got to take a chance on love and wear your heart on your sleeve. I know that you want to be, you know, protect your heart, which is good. But if you, like I said, sometimes in order to get love, you have to let love in. You know, if you've been hurt before, it may be hard. But the only way you're going to be able to experience something so beautiful and magical is if you let yourself feel that and let yourself you know, open yourself up to, but as long as you're a little bit guarded, but not too guarded. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the next episode coming this week. This is going to be a Ricky featured episode coming up. I did skip over the Christmas one because we are doing that next month. All right, the next episode for later this week, season one, episode 14, entitled The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. I know there's a song, there's a song with that title, right? After Derek saves Ricky's life, he pressures Ricky to find him a date for a co-ed party, but when Ricky can't find any girls who are willing, whoa, who would be willing to date Derek Hiller? He's a slime ball. 
Ricky feels obligated to pose as Derek's date. Are you kidding me? This episode's got a 7.8 out of 10. Okay. Let's see. There's no trivia for this episode. All right, let's say hi to some podcast listeners. We have Sacramento, California, Roseburg, Oregon, Sun Valley, Nevada, Mountain View, California. Is this Chelmsford? C-H-E-L-M-S-F-O-R-D? Clarksville, Tennessee, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Clarksburg, West Virginia, Paris, France, Los Angeles, California, Tokyo, Japan, M-E-Q-U-O-N, Wisconsin, and Lagos, is it L-A-G-O-S, Nigeria. All right, so everyone have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon, and I will be back later on towards the end of the week with the most beautiful girl in the world, Ricky and Drag. I don't know. I remember watching that episode, but I think I originally had the season set like 11 years ago and I really can't remember much from it but I remember Jeremy and I and his mom were watching that episode and Jeremy was making a joke about because I think that's the episode we meet JT and the the kid with the Texas belt buckle and he's got the drawl and the bolo tie and everything dresses like a, a cowboy so finally we're starting to get to meet some of ricky's other friends we also get to eventually meet freddie he's the one who's kind of semi-nerdish with the the uh tinted glasses i guess that was a thing back in the day but uh all right guys have a great tuesday afternoon and evening be safe out there if the roads are snowy and slick Jeremy was out earlier today, and it was slick on this one road. And it's like, be careful. Leave early if you have to to get somewhere. Do not rush. We don't need any accidents. All right, guys. See you later this week. Be safe.